0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Into the Huddle podcast. I'm Rodrigo. I'm JW. And today we're going to be recapping the 2022 NFL draft, which happened exactly a week ago. It was a pretty interesting draft, especially the first few rounds. There were, I believe, eight or nine trades alone in the first round. So it was a ton of fun to watch. It was super exciting. And there's a ton to talk about, so let's get right to it. With the first overall pick, the Jaguars selected Trayvon Walker from Georgia. It was kind of what people expected. We knew they were going to go in the defensive line. We didn't know if it was going to be Walker or Aiden Hutchinson. Ultimately, it ended up being Trayvon Walker. We talked about this last time, so if you want to hear our thoughts about Walker versus Hutchinson, Make sure you go listen to our previous episode. So then the Lions took Aiden Hutchinson, which also was pretty much what people expected if the Jaguars took Walker. And then the first big surprise came at number three. The Houston Texans did not draft Calum Thibodeau. They did not draft Evan Neal or another offensive lineman. Instead, they went cornerback at number three with Derek Stingley from LSU who most people didn't even have as the best quarterback – cornerback, sorry. Most people thought the best corner was the one from Cincinnati, Sauce Gardner. So, J-Dub, what was your impression of this pick? Did you like it? Did you think it was a reach? What did you think about it?
1: Well, I mean, you know, Texans obviously in desperate need of cornerback. They signed one uh, aging cornerback in free agency. Resigned Desmond King. He's in his in his 30s. He's getting pretty old, so they really need corner. Um, they traded away Lonnie Johnson Jr. for a conditional seventh round pick, um, which they pretty much fleeced uh, Kansas City Chiefs for taking Lonnie Johnson Jr. He is absolutely terrible for the Texans. So by getting Derek Stingley, they're adding. I mean, a great cornerback. He was the best player. He was probably the best DB in the country his freshman year. Would have gone in the top five if he, if he was able to commit for the draft his freshman year. Instead, played two more seasons where he had he had an injury during the COVID season, and he had an injury to start off the year uh, this past season. But when he was on the field, he was obviously one of the top DBs in the country, could cover anyone. He's been one of the best DBs to go through LSU, which we all know has had some amazing defensive backs like Tyrone Matthew, Patrick Peterson come through LSU. So I think you're getting a pretty good guy if he stays healthy. And there's no reason, like, why he shouldn't stay healthy. Both of his injuries were pretty, like, they're not really nagging injuries. Like, he got them fixed. He was fine going forward. So he
0: should be a good player for years to come. So I agree with you. I think Derek Stingley will be good. But I think he's going to be need to be extremely good in order to justify the Texans taking a corner at number three. Because if you really think about it, cornerbacks rarely go that high in the draft. I think the last one I can remember that was a top five pick was Jalen Ramsey to the Jaguars in, I think, like 2016. And obviously that pick was justified because Jalen Ramsey has proven to be one of the best corners in the league and was a huge part of the Rams winning the Super Bowl this year. So in order for that pick to be worth it, I think Derek Stingley is going to have to be close to what Jalen Ramsey is, a complete lockdown corner kind of like Daryl Rivas, where you just put him on an island, make him cover the other team's number one receiver, and he has to make sure that he stops that number one receiver. So I think Derek Stingley has a lot of potential, and I think he can be that player that the Texans want him to be. I think he can be one of the best corners in the league, but I am worried about the inconsistencies. I am worried about the injuries you mentioned. And another thing I'm not so sure about is, If the Texans really wanted to go corner, why didn't they go with Sauce Gardner? What's your take on Gardner versus Stingley?
1: Well, I mean, they're going to be compared to each other for their whole careers now that they get taken one after the other. And I think Sauce Gardner, I mean, he went against just clearly worse competition in the American Conference compared to LSU. Derek Stingley going against the SEC West week in and week out. Playing in the national championship game, having his amazing freshman season uh, in practice, where he was going against guys like Justin Jefferson, guys like that who have come out of that LSU and been great players in the league. Whereas I don't know who Sauce Gardner was covering in practice, but I can tell you they're probably a fringe practice squad player, maybe.
0: So I think that's fair. So as you said, really interesting. Going to it's going to be really interesting to see how these two players develop. And obviously, so, we talked about this briefly, but uh, Sauce Gardner was picked by the New York Jets at number four. So it was back-to-back corners. Now, moving on, the fifth pick was the New York Giants with Kayvon Thibodeau. I think we both agree that's a pretty good pick, pretty good value at number five, and that he's going to be a really good player, right?
1: Yeah, they're getting a great run stuffer, a guy who can get to the passer, has elite pass rush moves. This is just a... A solid no-brainer pick at number five.
0: Right. And then with the sixth and seventh picks, the Panthers and then the Giants picked offensive linemen. They did not go with quarterbacks, as some people predicted, especially from the Panthers' perspective. So I think overall I'm pretty satisfied with those two picks from those two teams. Both really needed to strengthen the offensive line, and both really shouldn't have reached for a quarterback at that moment. Yeah,
1: both have uh, – just pretty terrible offensive line both were near the bottom of the league and giving up sacks and both of them have a quarterback daniel jones sam darnold who can play now still give them not like a playoff level but you know be at least competent whereas the quarterbacks in this draft i mean really besides kenny pickett i don't think any of them are going to step in right away and be like big difference guys i don't even know if kenny pickett's really that guy so
0: Absolutely. I mean, we saw...
1: And you wh- look at the Panthers, they got Matt Corral, who was, you know, one of the top three, four guys in the third round instead of having to take him with the number six pick.
0: Absolutely. I mean, we saw that teams didn't really value quarterbacks this draft. They didn't really think highly of the quarterbacks, which is why so many fell. And we're going to talk about the quarterbacks a little bit later, but you, we talked about these offensive linemen that the Panthers and the Giants picked. If we skip ahead a little bit... The Seahawks at number nine also picked an offensive lineman. They didn't pick a quarterback as some people thought they would. So personally, even though Charles Cross may not be the best offensive lineman, I still like that pick because it clearly indicates the Seahawks are going to be in a rebuilding mode and look for the future and maybe look to pick a quarterback. Yeah, you can definitely
1: own. tell they're looking to rebuild. They didn't get a wide receiver who is going to pan. Who's going to like be a flash in the pan? Going to kind of just be all right in four or five years. They got an O-lineman who's going to stick with them, be a building block for this O-line for 15 years, they hope. I didn't really like Charles Cross compared to Evan Neal and Ike McQuanu. I know they were both there. I thought the Seahawks might trade out if they didn't want a quarterback. They probably were looking for that. But, uh, you know, Charles Cross, he's a solid left tackle.
0: Yep, and then let's talk about the receivers because – 8, 10, 11, and 12 were all receivers. There were a ton of good receivers in this draft. I believe six of them were drafted in the first round, which is an NFL record. And one of the crazy things was teams were trading multiple picks to move up and draft these receivers, namely the Saints and the Lions moved up from near the back of the draft to draft. Chris Olave and Jamison Williams, respectively. So, out of the four receivers that were drafted Drake London to Atlanta, um, Garrett Wilson to the Jets, Chris Olave to the Saints, and Jamison Williams to the Lions who do you think is going to be the best receiver out of those four is going to have the biggest impact for their team?
1: I think Chris Olave, I mean, he's just going to a team that's already built to win. They already have a veteran quarterback, James Winston, who likes to sling the ball all around the yard. They have Michael Thomas. They have Alvin Kamara. They have weapons on this offense, and that's going to help Chris Olave get open compared to Garrett Wilson going to the Jets. He's really going to be the only guy who defenses can just look to shut down. Drake London as well. Besides him and Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley is out, and he's going to have Marcus Mariota throwing to him. So, you know, I, th- I just think Chris Olave has the best – most likely to succeed.
0: So I agree that right now, Olave's probably going to have the most success early on for all of the reasons you mentioned. But I think in the long run, Jamison Williams is going to be the most successful wide receiver because he is really talented. He played, he was really the best receiver at Alabama this year. And the only reason he was the fourth receiver taken is because he had an injury that I believe he got in the national championship game. So
1: He could have definitely been the number one receiver taken if he didn't... Have that injury in the national championship?
0: Absolutely. So, right now at the start, he may struggle because Jared Goff is not the best quarterback. The Lions are a tire fire. And yeah, it's just going to be really difficult. As you mentioned, teams are probably going to focus on covering him. So, I think that right now, Olave is going to be the best receiver early on. But overall, it will be Jamison Williams because he has more potential and he has more talent than the rest.
1: Yeah, the Lions are definitely building something if they can get the right QB in the building.
0: Absolutely. Now, let's skip forward a little bit. Let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens because the Ravens kind of surprised a lot of people by trading wide receiver Marquise Brown, who was a first round pick only a few years ago. And all of a sudden, after three pretty productive years, and as Lamar Jackson's number one receiver, They trade him to the Arizona Cardinals for a first-round pick, and rather than replace him with a wide receiver of their own or go and trade for someone like Devo Samuel, they went safety with Kyle Hamilton. Did you like what the Ravens did in this first round, not addressing their new need at receiver?
1: I mean, I don't really like it because they don't really have the need at safety to go get Kyle Hamilton. And, I mean, Marquis Brown, that's a tough guy to replace and they don't really have a lot of other big receivers on this team. I mean, Mark Andrews is probably going to be their best best receiving weapon this year, and he's a tight end. So you see this team, they really got a lack of talent, a wide receiver, and they go and get a safety on the defense. They already have a lot of great defensive players. So I don't really, really get this move here.
0: Yeah, neither do I because, as you mentioned, Marquise Brown, really important, mostly because he can just take the top off of a defense, He has so much speed that opposition safeties have to account for that. They have to back up a little bit, can't really play the run game as much as they want to. And that's huge when you have a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, who has such a big tendency to run. If you can have uh, dynamic wide receivers on the outside to stretch the defense, that's going to open so many more run lanes for Lamar Jackson. So I'm not really sure... What they're going to do at receiver because, as you mentioned, Mark Andrews is really their only top weapon. They really don't have any elite or even solid receivers on that team right now. So it's going to be extremely difficult for them to move the ball because teams are just going to be fully focused on stopping Lamar in the running game. I will say, though, I think Kyle Hamilton is a dynamic player and I think he's going to be really good. I'm just not sure that that's a position of need for the Ravens, as you mentioned and that that's still a valuable position in the NFL. Because I think we can both agree, at the current moment, wide receiver is more important than safety.
1: Yeah, safety has just not been a very valuable position in the NFL. And that's been happening for the past, like, five, six years where safety has just not been valued very high. So I, I really don't get this. A lot of teams scheme around having a great corner, great linebackers, defensive end pass rush, and really kind of just leave the safety position up to – you know whoever
0: they have absolutely now let's talk about one of the other big trades which was the tennessee titans trading away superstar wide receiver a.j brown to the philadelphia eagles for a first round pick the eagles ended up then drafting a receiver of their own later on Oh, sorry the titans ended up drafting a receiver to replace a.j brown they drafted trayvon burks from arkansas So, really, the reason this happened was because A.J. Brown wanted a new contract. The Titans didn't want to pay him. The Eagles have been really not— They're very desperate for wide receivers. Yeah, very desperate for wide receivers. Uh, They've been starved of wide receiver talent for a very long time. Obviously, passed on Justin Jefferson a few years ago to select Jalen Rager, which might end up being one of the biggest draft mistakes in NFL history, the way the careers of those two players have been going. They did draft former Heisman Trophy winner Devontae Smith last year. Now they add A.J. Brown. What do you think this trade means for the Eagles?
1: I mean, it means they're looking to win now um, with Jalen Hurts, bringing in more weapons, uh, giving up that first-round pick, paying a wide receiver. They want to win now while Jalen Hurts is on that cheap contract, and they're looking to add weapons any way they can.
0: I really like this trade from the Eagles' perspective, and I think that with A.J. Brown, they can really contend to win this division, the NFC East. And I honestly think they're probably going to win this division. I believe in Jalen Hurts. I think he has a ton of potential. Sure, he's maybe not that refined as a passer, but his running ability is incredible, and he just seems like a great leader for that team. Now, with two legit weapons in Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, I think they're going to be really solid also their defense is really good so i think the eagles are going to be just fine and actually really good especially because their division is really really bad let's talk about the titans perspective this was kind of shocking because the titans are in a win now situation they want to take advantage of derrick henry's prime they want to take advantage of having ryan Tannehill, who's really the best quarterback they've had in a long time what did you make of them trading AJ Brown and then drafting a rookie when they had already let go of someone like Julio Jones? And now their rookie is going to have to be that number one receiver right from the get go.
1: Look, I don't think this is as bad as some people are making out to be. Traylon Burks was amazing at Arkansas. He was taking the top up of SEC defenses. He had over a thousand yards receiving his senior year. So you're not getting some scrub. I mean, this guy could definitely do a solid job of replacing A.J. Brown, and he's, I think, going to be a very good wide receiver for years to come in the NFL. But it's kind of a little odd seeing that they really need to be winning now with uh, Ryan Tannehill, with Derrick Henry still in his prime, and it's just a little odd giving up on a, a veteran wide receiver for a rookie.
0: I agree. I mean, honestly, I think there was probably tension between A.J. Brown and the Titans, and that's why the that move happened but I don't really get it from their perspective. It may work out if Burks turns out to be really special, but only time will tell. Now, let's talk about the most important position in football, the quarterback. Only one quarterback was taken in the first round of this draft. This is the first time that only one quarterback was taken since 2013. It's become really rare. I mean, if you think of the past three drafts before this one, quarterbacks were taken with the first overall pick, every single time, so it was kind of unexpected, but at the same time, we knew coming in that the quarterback position was really weak in this year's draft, so let's talk about the specific quarterbacks that were selected. Kenny Pickett went 20th overall to the Pittsburgh Steelers. He literally does not have to move at all, whereas before, where he went into his, his football building, into the right door, now he goes into the left door. Pitt, and the Pittsburgh Steelers literally practice in the same facility, so the adjustment should be super easy. But do you think he's going to be able to capitalize on that and really be an elite quarterback in this league?
1: Um, You know, he has small hands, but I think he can sit a little bit. They have some Mitch Trubisky. They have a little veteran presence there who can play some games if Kenny Pickett isn't fully ready by the time the season starts. And I think Kenny Piggott, it's an easy transition for him staying in Pittsburgh. Uh, they have a good team already, have a pretty solid team. So, you know, they have a good coach. Uh, Mike Tomlin hasn't had a losing season in like 16 Avers. years. Yeah. So, I mean, it shouldn't be too tough a transition. It's not like he's gone to the number one team and he, he's got to turn them around from a team that goes like two and like th- 14. So, You know, it it shouldn't be too hard, but Kenny Pickett, you know, he's kind of an all-right quarterback prospect. He's 24 years old coming out of college. So, you know, it's kind of tough when you've already kind of hit your prime as you're getting drafted.
0: I mean, I kind of disagree with you. I think Kenny Pickett is going to be really good in this league. I don't know if he's going to be – a perennial pro bowler, but I think he's a great fit for the Steelers and specifically right now for the Steelers because they're not going to ask him to go out and throw for 400 yards every game. They have Najee Harris. They can rely on the run game. They have a really good defense. They have a phenomenal coaching staff. So I think he can start right away. I think he's better than Mitch Trubisky already, and I think he's going to have a really solid rookie season and potentially be in the contention for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Beyond that, I don't know if he's going to be a Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen type of player, because you mentioned he is 24, and to be showing how great you are in college in your fifth year of eligibility, that's not great. But I do think for the Steelers, this is a great pick, and I think it has the potential to be a phenomenal pick. And honestly, this is great for him. It was so cool to see a quarterback being drafted to the city that he already plays in. So it was a great moment in that draft. Now let's talk about the other quarterback who was projected to go in the first round. We're, of course, talking about Malik Willis, who didn't go in the first round, didn't go in the top 10, as people expected, didn't go in the even second the round. Wasn't the second
1: quarterback off the board.
0: Exactly. Wasn't, as you mentioned, not even the second quarterback. Didn't go in the entirety of the second round. There wasn't a quarterback picked in the second round. Didn't go at the start of the third round. Every single team passed on Malik Willis, and he ended up going in the mid third round to the Tennessee Titans. What did you make of this shocking development that Malik Willis was just not getting picked?
1: Um, I mean, there are obviously some teams worried about him. I mean, he played at Liberty University. He really did not play very good competition. Um, he wasn't the greatest uh, like pocket passer he's obviously got, you know, the running ability, but it wasn't like Lamar Jackson level. And that's really what you need to have to be like a true dual threat quarterback in the NFL. If you can't make throws from the pocket all across the field, you really got to be able to be like a a second running back in the backfield. And he's just He's almost there. He's almost at the level where he could pass good enough. But I just think teams don't really want to take the risk that he just doesn't pan out.
0: Yeah, so I agree with you. I'm really concerned about him. And I think one of the things that this showed is how the NFL media can really manipulate a story. Because going into the draft, we were told Malik Willis could be picked by the Panthers at 6. Malik Willis could be picked by the Seahawks at 9. Malik Willis is better than Kenny Pickett. And we were assured time and time again that Malik Willis was gonna be a first round pick. And he's not even a first or second round pick. It's really shocking. It just shows NFL analysts who, who analyze the draft really don't know what they're talking about. They wanted to build a narrative where it was Willis and Pickett, who's gonna go first. Quarterbacks are the most lucrative position. People watch the draft to see where the quarterbacks are going to be taken. So by constantly talking, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, they thought it would build up the hype around the draft, when in reality, Malik Willis was not even close to being considered a first-round pick. So beyond the reasons you mentioned, the concerns about his ability, I think this was my biggest takeaway. Just the next—we have to be really careful now, moving forward, when people are hyping up quarterbacks— We're not really sure about. Is this really a quarterback who deserves to go in this spot, or is this a player who the NFL media thinks they can hype up to get people watching the draft? That's going to be really interesting moving forward. I don't know if you have any opinions on kind of how the story was kind of built up when in reality he was never. I mean, it
1: was it was pretty crazy that this guy Malik Willis got invited to the green room at the draft, and he didn't even go in the second round. Like. We've seen guys fall pretty late. They usually invite like 10, 15 guys to go. Uh, We've seen guys fall to like get drafted like 28, 29, 30. But we've never seen a guy get drafted in the third round after getting an invite. I mean, he was really hyped up by the NFL media.
0: Absolutely. It was really something disappointing, and hopefully it won't happen again. Especially
1: for a guy who was not a Heisman contender, was not at a big school, uh, was not in a big conference. And, I mean, it's just tough for NFL teams to draft a guy who put kind of just good film on tape against really bad competition.
0: Not to mention, imagine this from Malik Willis' perspective. Imagine for three months you're being told you could go in the first round. You could be the first quarterback taken. And you turn on the TV and you hear all these reports about you and you're really excited and you think you're going to be a top pick. And then all of a sudden draft day comes and just disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. It was really horrible. I feel terrible for him. Hopefully he can recover and maybe in a few years challenge Ryan Tannehill for that starting job in Tennessee. I guess we'll see. But I think this was the biggest shock of the draft. So that... Is it that covers all of the big news from the draft? Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I've been hearing that on Spotify, it's hard to subscribe and it's hard to be notified when we drop a podcast. So if you could please subscribe on Apple Podcasts because I believe that does send you a notification when a new episode is dropped. So, once again, Thanks for watching. This is going to be our last episode in quite a while because the NFL news kind of dies down for a bit after this. But right when the season starts again, we'll come back and we'll break down all the biggest stories. So make sure you have a great summer and you stay tuned for when we come back next year. Thanks for watching.